Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach from Another Dimension. How are you doing, Adam? I'm good. I am so pumped to talk about Weapon X this episode. It's going to be really fun. Hey, um, mm, mm, buddy, buddy, <laughs> buddy. I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> this is this is unfortunate. Oh. Uh-oh. What happened? So the Weapon X we're talking about is not Marvel Comics Presents uh, 72 to 84 Weapon X. Um, it's also not the Greg Pak, uh, Greg Land Weapon X. So kind of a you know mixed mixed bag on either end. It's not the Frank Thierry Weapon X, so we got that going for us, which is nice. <laughs> we yeah, there's we some... have not talked about the Frank Thierry Weapon X on this podcast in the four years we've been doing it. We will get there because I'm still mad. Yeah, this is a, a version of Weapon X from uh, Exiles, because today we are talking about three stories that have to do with King Hyperion. Yeah, um, and all that all that comes to us from Patreon supporter Greg Packnett. If you want to be like Greg, you can go on over to patreon.com slash comicsxf. That's where you can support the site uh, that has all of the latest and greatest comic book content that your heart desires there's some really cool stuff on it uh and all the money goes to the site i don't know i'm i'm not in pitch mode today it's fine (laughs) we're fine you know you know go listen to another episode if you want to if you want to hear the whole spiel but we love the money uh and we love greg so thank you greg uh and like you said greg wanted us to talk about king hyperion um adam Hey, what's your what's your baseline knowledge of Hyperion as a concept? Uh, I got to say, like my the, the, the biggest touchstone I have is Hyperion under Hickman in his Avengers run. I, I don't know. I know he's a Superman analog and I know that there's a 1970s version of him um, from Squadron Supreme. I think that's the original team. Is that right? Yeah. So Roy Thomas Wanted to write the Justice League as the bad guys for the Avengers. Um, but As one does. As one <laughs> does. So he just did that? And Hyperion mm-hmm. is Superman, only he's kind of a bad guy. Original flavor, original flavor Hyperion, not the worst. He a lot of times turns from Superman but bad uh, to like Superman but not wholly pure good. Um, and frankly, there's been a lot of Superman butt bads throughout the uh, world. Not a not a not a fresh concept, to be fair. <laughs> no, and I, I think if you've only uh, encountered the Hickman version of the character, you know him to be more of a good guy. Um, oh, because he's just Superman. <laughs> The Hick- right, the Hickman Hyperion is just Superman. <laughs> right, uh, and if you're unclear about who we're talking about, you may recognize this character for his very distinctive uh, gold underwear, um, which kind of, you know, it's like a double speedo 
facing down and facing up with ribbons. It looks it lo- it it looks like a wrestling belt. <laughs> he, he's wearing a wrestling championship belt, which kind of <laughs> rules. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. But it's also underwear, so it's like yes, it, there's it's that supporting stuff. Um, but it's this a cod all, piece, really? Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we we are catching up with Exiles. We have not talked about Exiles in a very long time on this show. Um, in a spell, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what is this first arc we are talking about here? This is issue 38 to 40. Is that right? Yeah, this is uh, 38 to 40. It is King Hyperion, uh, written by... Buds, buckle up. Drum roll, please. Because here comes Chuck the Truck. It's Chuckles Austin. <laughs> uh, he's here. Um, Jim Calafiore is doing the pencils. Mark McKenna on the inks on this one. Um, and this is a... It's kind of interesting how this happens. Because this is just a break from the regular Exiles team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they yeah. just say, we're not going to talk about, you know, Blink and Nocturne. And, I don't know, Morph, Morph. Mimic, I guess. I hate that Mimic's one of the original Exiles. Like, (laughs) he's the worst, right? Like, of of the original ones, it's Blink. Number one with a bullet is Blink. Right. And then Nocturne or Morph, depending on which one you care for more in that given time. And then it's Mimic, who Blink dates, and that part's boring and bad. I, I agree. So uh, the track we're on here, this little diversion, is about uh, a group of other exiles um, that the what, what's the the person's name? The Time Turner? What are they? The the, the oh, you're, the dude. you're talking about the time the time broker. The time broker. That's right. Right. Uh, has assigned another team to go out and help fix the multiverse's little time challenges. Except these guys are bad. And they are willing to kill whoever needs to be killed to fix the timelines and get back to their own timelines. Some of them don't care. And this lineup is kind of fun. Yeah, uh, who do we have is... here, Zach? So for this uh, lineup of Weapon X, we have... It uh, starts out with Gambit, the spider, mm-hmm. who is uh, evil, evil serial killer Peter Parker uh, with the symbiote. Uh, there's Vision... Storm for a hot second in this one. Uh, Colossus, uh, who's just regular Colossus. Like, all these characters are pretty much regular versions of themselves, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, because Chuck Austin may not always get the idea. Uh, Ms. Marvel, <laughs> who is an evil version of Carol Danvers. Yes. And then and... after Storm dies, uh, Hyperion. Hyperion joins the team. And it's interesting because, like, this Weapon X concept is goes back uh, early in the run. Like, this comes from the Judd Winnick stuff. Uh, that's where, you know, there was a team with Spider and Vision and Storm, and uh, it was, in fact, led by Sabretooth mm-hmm. uh, from Age of Apocalypse. So it was it was kind of like a thing, and you would periodically jump between uh, the main Exiles missions and then, like, a short arc with them, with the Weapon X. So this is this is not a wild thing that Chuck Austin is doing here. No, but he is setting up uh, this villain of King Hyperion. Uh, Hyperion shows up, is basically like, yo, I got the spiel from the Time Broker. I don't care about that. 
why don't we just not do what they say to do and let's just take over this world and like live like a, you know like champions like yeah. right the the problem <laughs> the problem is king hyperion's planet uh got super nuked to the point where he is the only living person right so he's sitting there like I would like to not go back to my home planet, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. But this one's fine. Like, I'm on a regular regular planet right now. Yeah, there's some mutant stuff going on. We'll figure that out. Because their mission is to kill the last mutants on the planet. Yes, because Magneto is planning to blow up this Earth with a giant asteroid. I mean, that's um, not why they have to kill all the mutants. No, but it's, it's just, just what's It's also going happening on. at the same time, yes. Right. And, it's, very, uh, it's very important to distinguish that the Exiles mission and the stuff that's just happening around them are not necessarily always connected. Sometimes it's just, it's just the situation they find themselves in. Yeah, and uh, Hyperion gets off to uh, a smoking start here. Uh, within the crumbling facade of the Xavier Mansion, in which all the X-Men have been killed, except for Kitty Pride, who's sort of intangibly running around. Uh, Hyperion immediately has sex with evil Captain Marvel and uh, blows up Vision, just for kicks. Yeah, which isn't great. So here's the thing about Chuck Austin. Um, he's a lot of things, and one of those things is really horny. Uh, he again I don't know how horny his kids cartoons that he's doing are now I assume moderate to no horny in those I didn't watch Steven Universe was it horny I can't tell from the fan art it's very confusing I do think that there's some uh, some love at least some some love and horny are different yes hold on I I can't speak from having watched the show but I, I suspect it's very different than Hyperion and Captain Marvel doing it in the shambles of uh, the X-Men. <laughs> With, like, bodies around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Um, so Hyperion continues his killing spree, kills Magneto, uh, breaks up the um, the asteroid, ends up killing a couple more members of this team. Yeah, he just... He just kind of kills people to get his way. That's 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 King Hyperion's entire entire deal is that if if you don't get along with King Hyperion, he will just murder you and then go about his bar- merry way. Yeah. No, that's uh that's pretty much it um to the point where the rest of the Weapon X team have teamed up with the surviving mutants, um, mm-hmm. which are led by Storm. They're up on Asteroid M as Hyperion and Rogue are trying to stop the asteroid. He basically just kills Rogue and lets the asteroid hit Earth. And <laughs> yeah, what he what he what he gets to a point, and this is a fairly like that's this is a dark choice to make, which it was 2004 in comics. Comics were superhero comics were trying to be dark and edgy and gritty and mature uh, after the comics code had disappeared and in the wake of 9-11 when we were all just going through some stuff. King Hyperion says, oh, beans, this planet's not working my way. Uh, Let's finish the mission real quick. Kills everybody. And he's like, later suckers, we'll take over a different planet. 
Yeah, he heads out with uh, some new team members. There's a version of uh, Bruce Banner that shows up. And is it is it Firestar? Who's it's the, Firestar. Uh, don't worry about them. They do. Spoiler. They don't do anything. They don't last long. They come <laughs> They come in and say, the time broker really doesn't like this stuff that you're doing, my dude. Uh, right. And he says, I don't care. You're I don't only going to live because I know how to capture you and I don't want to deal with it. So the story is pretty quick. It kind of plays out like a what if story for the most part. Yeah. Um, you know, just about everybody dies. The the evil guys get away and go do their thing. I, I just want to comment before we start ranking this one on the artwork here. Um, Jim Calafiore, who is going to do another arc that we're going to talk about this episode. He's doing a fine job. It just that he there's one thing that he does that drives me absolutely insane. Oh. And that is that he does not know where eyes go on a face. I did not notice that. Okay. But I do love and it. To the point where there are several characters like Colossus and Quicksilver who he doesn't even bother to draw eyes. He draws the lines that go around the eyes maybe, but he will not draw an actual eyeball to go in that spot. It drives me absolutely insane. His eyes are where like the eyebrow should be instead of in the center of the face. And it's just a stylish thing stylistic thing that just drives me absolutely insane every page that i see him draw faces uh that was my quick aside about that i don't know if it's a like if no it i'm looking i'm you, looking at but i'm looking at pictures now you are correct yeah the eyes are too high they are simply, all the time they are simply too high yep all the time uh it drives me absolutely crazy so anyway <laughs> Aside from this, I think this is kind of like a whatever. Uh, it's fine. What if style story. It's fine. Uh, why don't we rank this on our big list? Yeah, because we do have a big list. We have a big list that covers uh, every X Men story that's ever existed for all time. Uh, in so much as that we've already talked about them, there are five hundred and seventy three stories on this list to date. Dang, we are on the road to six hundred. That's crazy, Adam. Do you remember when we were on the road to five hundred and it was earlier this year? <laughs> it goes by fast it goes by fast man sometimes you think back on a bit that you did for too long and you're like man i missed that bit <laughs> you remember when remember when we had scrolls in our closets and we did re- weird voice filters for far I, too long to the annoyance of our entire audience and i got the worst review we've ever got on the podcast from one guy <laughs> who did that and then several people said that was so dumb i laughed but never do it again Oh, people were so mad at the way I edited that episode. But anyway, um, <laughs> tell me more about this list, Zach. <laughs> uh, the, the best X-Men story of all time is The House of X, The Powers of Ten at number one. Uh, that's by Jonathan Hickman, uh, R.B. Silva, Pepe Larez, and Mate Gracia. Uh, number 100 is Executioner's Song. You know that one. Love it. Uh, number 200 is What If the X-Men Had Stayed in Asgard, uh, which is What If 12. Man, that one we've did a while ago too shoot mm-hmm. that was that was first few months uh, number 300 is marvel comics presents colossus god's country um number 400 this one's interesting it's called x-men regenesis that's the one where kieran gillen wrote cycloth is wearing a lion cloth in a script and he meant to write loincloth <laughs> and it made it through it made, made it, better, it to the actually. page 
Uh, number 500 is Incredible Hulk 161, which I believe is a uh, is that Beast story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then 553 is... It's a the Draco. Blah, blah. Uh, we have the good. first two issues of Exiles at 231. Um, Those are better than this. Those are better than this. I would agree. Um, the Jeff Parker I, Exiles at 298 are better than this. I would agree. Um, uh, this is better than 450 Exiles 100, though. Uh, yeah, this isn't as, as low as that Claremont. Uh, and leading up to the the other volume you know it's it's weird to say that chuck austin uh did did better than chris claremont on that but he absolutely absolutely did the chuck (laughs) austin exiles is better than the chris claremont exiles uh at 364 we have the first three issues of mutant x which is also an alternate universe story i like that better i would i would agree i think mutant x is better than this I think we're probably in the 400s here. Yeah, I'm looking because 372 is Death of X, and I do like Death of X better than this. Yeah. yeah. I like I like the first five issues of Extraordinary X-Men better than this, but I think we're in, like, right at the right spot. Uh, Rise and Fall of Shi'ar Empires at 406. That's probably better than this. Yeah, we're right in the, in the sort of the right spot. I think this is probably... You think this is better than like Colossus Bloodline at four oh nine? Uh you know what? This isn't better than the the last three issues of New Mutants at four. It's really not. It's not better it's not better than that New Warriors issue we ranked uh was that last episode? Or was that two episodes uh, ago? Bleh, bleh. That Doesn't two episodes matter. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh this is better than Muir Island saga though, at two, at four twenty five. I would agree. I would agree. So um Better or worse well, than know, Emperor Vulcan? You know what, Zach? I don't know if this is... Is this better than Judgment War? I feel like... Because <laughs> there's another Chuck Austin issue here at 429. Fall Down, Go Boom. Fall Down, Go Boom is better than this. I think that's better than this. Um, this is better a, than... Cycl- th- this is better than what if Cycl- or Cable killed the X-Men slash Magneto took over the US. All right, good. We, fi- we figured out where it is. So this is going to be our new 430. This is our new 430, King Hyperion. Nope, that's a picture of Hitmonkey. <laughs> you copied and pasted the Hitmonkey. Don't worry about why I copied and pasted a picture of Hitmonkey. A character that the Marvel Wikia uh, has an ad that says, How much do you know about Hitmonkey? And my response is, I run a comic book podcast and a mildly successful website all about comics with a focus on Marvel Comics. I don't know a dang thing about Hitmonkey. Like, when people say that people don't know who this character is, we're not saying yet like we used to say about, like, well, dudes don't know who Moon Knight is. No, no one knows who Hitmonkey is. Don't lie to me. <laughs> who created Hitmonkey, Adam? Do you know? I have no idea. Adam, it's a monkey you know? in a suit that hits people. No, he's a, he's an assassin monkey. I, right. I learned that. Um, that's that's the hit, I guess. Here's the yeah, he does hits. Um, do you know where Hit Monkey comes from? I have no idea. I don't His first appearance I... is Hit Monkey number one. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. His first appearance is it, which was a which was a digital comic exclusively on uh, the Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, which is what Marvel Unlimited was before it was Marvel Unlimited. Okay, 
So this is a uh, relatively uh, newer creation that I yeah 2000 2010 uh, he then ends up appearing in the uh, Daniel Way Deadpool which I don't want to read because there you go it's Daniel Way in Deadpool they I think we just explained the green light on that show uh, so next arc King Hyperion he's back King Hyperion's back baby yeah you, you know it's and been so a while is... but he's back in style. Yeah, and so is Blink, who had been missing from uh, the the uh, series for a bit. Um, the we're back to the regular Exiles. We are. This is Exiles uh, number forty three through forty five. Forty five. It's called a Blink in Time, and essentially, uh, the regular team of Exiles has to deal with King Hyperion. <laughs> Pretty much, he's causing, yeah. He's and, causing and, some issues. Well, and the Exiles are in bad shape. Uh, Mimic just got over being infected with a brood egg um, and killed one of their teammates, right? Yeah, that was that was uh, Sunfire, uh, and yeah. she was dating Morph. Well, not really dating Morph. Okay, so this is this is a bad plot. And when when I tell you it's a, it's a Chuck Austin plot... You're gonna say that makes sense, even though, even though I'll I'll be honest, it may actually. Now that I'm looking at it, this was actually a Judd Winnick plot. I'm wrong. Okay. Okay. Sunfire in this universe is Mariko. She, yeah, is Mariko Yoshida, um, and she was a lesbian in this universe. And wouldn't you know it? Morph pulls a pink triangle, and you know he's dumb. It's chasing Amy. Kevin Smith, what are you doing? Can you imagine Kevin Smith writing Morph? It would be very bad. <laughs> this is the second time in the last half hour Adam and I would talk. were talking about how bad Kevin Smith writing insert random Marvel character here would be. <laughs> it's it's not hard to do. Can you uh, imagine him like writing Daredevil? It sounds like it'd be awful. Yeah. Well, not only has that just happened. So, you know, Morph is angry at Mimic because he's killed Mariko, who wasn't interested in Morph because she liked the ladies. Uh, we are replacing her with an Ileana who suddenly is coming on to Morph. And Ileana Morph... had been there. She'd been on the team for a little bit. She's oh, an okay. evil version okay. of magic. Uh, yes. We get, we get Blink because Sunfire dies. Okay. Blink comes right. back because Sunfire dies. Again, Exiles, Exiles is really interested in its own internal continuity for mm-hmm. the entirety of the time until Chris Claremont comes on the book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Gambit is here. He's got his own talus. Um, yeah, he's because he's the Weapon X Gambit, and they're stuck on this Weapon X planet, and they're like, we got to do something about Hyperion. Because Gambit's pretty much the only one left uh, fighting against Hyperion, because you remember... You remember Hulk and Firestar that we told you don't worry about? Yeah, they're already dead. Well, I mean, not they're explicitly not dead. They are they are kept just alive enough that they don't get replaced. Oh, right, right. Yeah, they're kind of like hung up in spiders spider webs. Yep. The spider is still being Hyperion's lackey. Ms. Marvel thinks she can be queen of the world, even though it's very obvious that King Hyperion does not care about her in any sort of romantic way. And Gambit, he's trying to get by. He's trying to save the world. Yeah. Well, he's interested in getting back to his his home world. Um, So 
you know, story continues. Exiles take the fight to Hyperion. It does not go well. It doesn't, because uh, it gets to the point. The, the problem with this Exiles team is that uh, Ileana Rasputin on this team is evil. Right. And not evil in the way that our version of Yana is evil in like a fun, kind of sexy, flirty way. She's evil in the I'm going to stab you kind of way. And that's not, um, that's not great because this magic does stab, uh, Sasquatch, who's on this team, uh, who's Heather Hudson from a different universe. Mm-hmm. And, oh boy, uh, or no, Heather, well, Heather McDonald, I guess. Anyway, regardless, uh, everyone gets mad and they decide they have to, uh, they have to fight King Hyperion. Yeah, and the uh, the only thing that ends up taking out King Hyperion is uh, Blink manages to teleport Hyperion's own eye blasts back at his back uh, so that he becomes paralyzed and Gambit is able to use the soul sword. He charges up Ileana's soul sword and stabs Hyperion, and and at least for the moment, it looks like Hyperion has has gone kerblooey. And to be uh, fair, he's in several pieces. <laughs> right, right. He's he's not doesn't look like he's doing so well. Uh, and uh, the time broker does show up uh, at the tail end of this story to just sort of check in, and um, I, I guess like promises that they can actually go home or that morph can go home i guess and, and morph decides not to yeah he instead stays uh to stay with the team and we end with a very nice Christmassy, uh snow-filled night of all of them getting a good night's sleep which is cute so king hyperion's just more of a pain in the butt here and uh it's not super exciting i mean you know more they do a fight not- that's yes Here's what here's what's good about this. Blink rules. Blink yes. is great in this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason Blink became the fan favorite. Uh, it's it's obvious. Blink's cool in this. It's cool that she's Age of Apocalypse. Blink. It's cool that she's just as cool as she was in Age of Apocalypse. She's smart, resourceful, saves the day. It's great. I cannot deal with Mimic. He's the worst. And I don't know what Blink sees in him. He's yeah, just uh, the worst. They are romantically attached here, and it's not great. Um, and, you know, it, a, a lot of this li- lives and breeds whether, uh, lives or dies on whether you can get into the morph character. Because he is really the focus of a lot of this in terms of uh, his feelings and, you know, what he's going to do to try and take out Hyperion. None of it works. Um, do you know what I think is interesting? What's that? When we were talking about Age of Apocalypse recently, you and I had a very like strong realization that Morph is Morph and his jovial lightheartedness is part of the reason why Age of Apocalypse isn't like a Warhammer 40k ultra grim dark book to read. Yeah. yeah. His we levity good things really to say. works there. Uh-huh. And I think why he doesn't work as well for me here, because he's not Age of Apocalypse Morph, but he's Age of Apocalypse Morph. Like mm-hmm. He's explicitly not the same Morph that Blink and Sabretooth know. But, right. But, but he's a, similar. He's from like one universe over or something. Like he's close enough. Yep. Um, except for he's just heckin' horny all the time. 
he's a teen comedy character from the early 2000s and has anything aged as poorly i you know it, once you start trying to assign this character a, a little bit of gravitas and uh you know assigning those kind of romantic feelings to it it's just i don't know that it fits you know it it, it doesn't seem to work so well um i mean i guess it could in the right hands i don't think it's working here i don't either yeah um it's fine this story is exactly as good as the last story in my opinion uh they yeah are, i think they the are first, exactly as good as each other i would slot this in maybe just below it um this one doesn't have as much going on it's not introducing as much in terms of concept it's basically just a three issue fight scene mm-hmm. um so it's fine I mean, it, it goes along with uh, the rest of the arc, but, you know, it's just okay. It can be our new 431. We don't have to debate it. No, not at all. Um, but it is important that we talked about both of those before we talked about the last arc uh, that we're going to talk about here, um, which is Exile 62 to 65, The Time Breakers. Yeah, so here's the thing. It's written by Tony Bedard with pencils by Mizuki Sakakabara. And it's it's kind of the culmination of Exiles. It really it really is the like this is what Exiles has been building to. Oh, absolutely. So we're back in the sort of time crystal castle, right? The, the Panopticron. Yes. Yep. Uh, the Exiles team, however, has changed dramatically since our last arc. So our lineup still has uh, Blink, Morph, and uh, Mimic. But now we're joined by Age of Apocalypse, Sabretooth, Namorita, and of all characters, Holocaust? Oh yeah, so so we got to give a little context. Um, in the last arc after Evil, evil Magic died uh, in the right. last arc. Uh, yep. She was replaced by uh, Namora, who was, you know, girl Namor. That's all she is. Like, the problem is there is a Namorita. Like, there are there are plenty of girl Namors in general. And then Nocturne ends up in the Chuck Austin run of, X, of X-Men for some reason. I forget exactly why. But anyway, she's not in the book anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasquatch leaves the team. Uh, and they go back to Age of Apocalypse. Uh, for a spell and they pick up uh holocaust the thing is they are very explicitly being screwed with like this opens up with them saying hey the time broker has been acting like a real jerk recently what's up with that yeah and when uh they show up well they're in for an interesting surprise aren't they zach because the time broker is not what they thought the time broker was yeah the time broker is not mr belvedere uh it is and i'm I'm gonna make a reference here that you may not get but there's gonna be listeners who do okay um they they find themselves in a mass effect situation uh (laughs) they find they find themselves in a situation where actually uh little bug workers are running everything and taking care of the whole thing unbeknownst to anybody 
and maybe working for ulterior secret motives that no one is quite sure of. Uh, it's because the little bugs screwed up time and space on accident when they found the Crystal Palace, the Panopticon, and now they're trying to fix it. Uh, but by doing so, they're like kidnapping people against their will to be like, you were about to die. We're trying to do this as ethically as possible, but we're tiny bug people and we can't fix the multiverse. Somebody has to withhold the sacred timeline or whatever that dumb. So I watched Loki in one evening. That's <laughs> um, I thought Owen Wilson was great. I actually, I loved it. I, I think thought Loki it was great. Was, I thought, I think, I, I think Loki was fine. I don't oh, think it please. was bad. I, I liked I liked their dynamic with Loki and Sylvie and Loki and Owen Wilson, who is just Mark Grunewald. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful because very explicitly his character is Mark Grunewald because Walt Simonson was making a joke at mm. one point, and now there's just Mark Grunewald on television, which is beautiful. I, it's uh, hard to argue with, you know what I mean? Um, all right, so I'm going to come back at your reference and i'm gonna give my own dated reference and basically the panopticon am i saying that right is that what it is panopticon Panopticon. shout out shout out to friend of the show luke hare uh (laughs) whose great podcast exiles which is about a better team of exiles than any of this uh got me through some rough times uh go check that out if you like exiles in general it's a real play rpg podcast uh, plenty of friends of the show have been on there. Charlie Davis uh, is a player near the end. Uh, I've been, I was on a couple of episodes. It's a blast. Yeah, no, shout out to Luke, who's who's obviously committed to his bit and did a great job with that show. There's no one more committed to bits than Luke Air. <laughs> no. I, will, I will tell you that. <laughs> Plus, we can't do an Exiles episode without mentioning Luke. Uh, okay, time for my 90s reference. The Panopticon is basically Joe's apartment from MTV. Um, and the roaches are running the place. So yeah, you didn't know what I was talking about there, did you? I was uh, very concerned that you were about to come up with whatever, like I'm assuming 70 sci-fi reference, both <laughs> Mass Effect and uh, the Panopticon are pulling from that I don't know about bugs running a space station. Uh, no, no, it's just look it up on YouTube. Anyway, I, uh, I won't, out- but let's go. It, it turns out that it's it's not even the bugs that are running the show now because the not someone, anymore right they they're not even doing a, 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 a you know sort of a, an image of the time broker because who's running the show but our formerly dismembered uh, King Hyperion is back yeah uh, King Hyperion uh, super evil as we all know and he what you find out is that everyone who's died on the exiles which is several people. Uh, their bodies were actually being preserved in the Panopticon in case they could be healed for whatever reason in mm-hmm. these crystal things that the bugs knew were like medical. They didn't know how they worked, so they didn't want to release anybody. Least, uh, you know, they just stay dead. <laughs> right, right. Which uh, is great. The, the fact that the bugs are essentially like, man, we don't know. We are in way over our heads here. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yes. Uh, Another thing that is going to elevate this right off the bat from the other arcs is that one of the first things that King Hyperion does upon revealing himself is literally snort Holocaust up like a large pile of cocaine in Scarface. (laughs) It's kind of great because they get they get Age of Apocalypse Holocaust. And what they're like, yeah, well, you can't stand up against him. He's a nuke. And then 
cannot emphasize enough that King Hyperion has a radioactive symbol on his chest. That's what Hyperion has always had. is like an atom or a radioactive thing. So he very much says, oh, can't I? And like <laughs> headbutts him and snorts up all of his insides. It's like, dang, that's some good stuff. Let's go, <laughs> folks. So he's he's high on genocide right now. Um, and he's going to he's going to wreck house the problem is they are uh outside of the known universe so they don't know what happens if they break the essentially space station they're on but they can't imagine it's good no and the strategies quickly becomes like where can we hide from this guy and what they discover is that there's a couple different staging grounds desert ocean what have you where you know the time broker originally gave his little spiel uh to, to various teams and they concoct a plan uh around these rooms by they it's mostly blink that's the beauty of it it is mostly blink (laughs) um and blink's great but brother there's a wild card in the mix and it's the reason why i was so excited to revisit these was it really worth reading everything i had to get to get here but boy do i love this wild card I was uh, messaging you earlier and I was like, man, you were pumped about talking about these stories. And I was so confused as to why. But when I got up to the point where Beak shows up as the hero of this arc, I was like, you okay, got it. Now, now I know why Z- uh, Zach's You're excited. Like, oh, it's some random X-Men loser. That's why <laughs> Zach loves this. Um, I actually don't love this arc. Like even revisiting it, it's fine. The conclusion is great because Beak, 616 Beak was on this team for a spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got removed. And it turns out the reason why he was on the Exiles is because uh, the Bugs knew about Beak's secret superpower, and they knew that his secret superpower was going to save the day. And Adam, do you know what Beak's secret superpower is? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's the power of friendship. It is the power of friendship. It's very explicitly <laughs> that Beak Beak's a nice guy and can make friends. So... All of the exiles are in a lot of trouble. Beak gets woken up and the bugs are like, y'all, Beak, we we know you can fix it because we can see time. We don't know how you can fix it, but you can fix it. And again, this is Beak from Grant Morrison's new X-Men, Beak. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And he's like, oh no, I'm in way over my head. This is terrible. And he realizes, okay, crap, I have all of the known universe in front of me. I guess I can ask people for help. So what Beak does in what's kind of the cool, a super cool last page reveal is like, he's up against Hyperion. He's like, Hyperion's like, what are you going to do to stop me? He's like, oh, I can't do anything to stop you. But these guys can. And he puts his thumbs behind him. And <laughs> you know what? It's Roy Thomas uh, Hyperion. And it's, don't you know it? It's Mark Grunewald Hyperion, baby. He's got yep. sunglasses from the 80s. Yeah. Um, and they're both good guys, and they're both going to try and kick good the and, crap out of the Hyperion. Essentially, both of them are like, oh, this guy wants to destroy all of the universe? No, we can't have that. Uh, no, we our stuff's there. And they beat him up. They do. Uh, unfortunately, it is not enough. And uh, it really comes down to Blink, who lures uh, King Hyperion into the desert staging area. And basically... Um, I don't know how to put this. She teleports him full of sand and they zap him back to his nuked planet, to his home nuked planet. 
Yeah, they essentially just kick him kick him back to where he came from, where he can't hurt anybody and he will be in torment for his entire existence because he will be alone and super bored. Yeah. Which works because the team mimics whole things be like, I killed somebody. I can't these hands are bloodied and I will not kill again. I shan't do it. It's like <laughs> get over yourself, Mimic. This isn't even this isn't even a real Hyperion here. Uh we were we were talking beforehand, Adam. You know about the different Hyperions, right? I don't. And when I looked at the uh, the Marvel uh, wiki, there are so many. My God. So there's 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 Roy. Did I say Thompson earlier? Roy Thomas. Right. I'm sorry, Roy the boy. Roy, friend of the site, Roy Thomas. <laughs> uh, his Hyperion. Uh, there's obviously the Mark Grunewald Hyperion with the glasses. He's great. Uh there's Hickman Hyperion. That's Marcus Milton. He's great. Uh, there's Jason Aaron's Hyperion, who's the worst, who's the most. I'm fake evil Superman. Jason Aaron, buddy. Buddy. <laughs> buddy. Don't read Heroes Reborn. There's a lot of Hyperions. And the best Hyperions that exist are in this one. And it is very satisfying to see these two Hyperions show up and say, what's up? We're gonna we're gonna punch you now because what else is gonna beat Superman but Superman and they're there because Beak made friends with them and I love it and I especially love the ending where they're like we we don't know if we can trust these strangers with any of this uh, time travel device multiverse and they're like but we trust Beak so as long as our <laughs> friend Beak is here we're gonna trust you with it and Beak is like <laughs> the second he says yeah absolutely the second they leave. He looks at them and says, get me back to my girlfriend right now. I'm done. I yeah. am done. I lied to them. They are never going to find out. But I am not doing this anymore. I saved your guys' butt. Send me back to my girlfriend and our many children. Yeah. Sabretooth slaps him on the back and that's how this arc ends. So I Is found... It, like, that's good. I it's found good. this to be very, very enjoyable. Um, the art is... It's fine. You know... Fine. I, I think it's a, a step up from uh, what we were looking at in the first two arcs. Um, but the the reveal of the bugs and the the beak and the two Hyperions, it's a lot of fun. So I'll give this some credit. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It resets the exiles to like, there's no real mystery anymore about like why they're doing what they're doing. It's just, hey, time's broke. We got to do something about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, the team gets to like the ideal state uh i mean you could add nocturne likely that would make more people happy uh but most of most of the time like it goes back to the exiles are just kind of vibing for the rest of the uh rest of the series and they keep doing stuff for a while until chris claremont gets on the book they do definitely uh like have to start like they literally go into playing the greatest hits of exiles like yeah one of the next, the second arc after this goes into a, they call it world tour, where they go to all of the all of the good uh, multiverses. Like, they start in House of M as a House of M tie-in, and then they go to the new universe. Uh, and then they go back to Age of Apocalypse, and then, like, they go, they go everywhere you want them to, and that's just what the book is now. They go back to 2099, obviously. Like, the book's just kind of... It's just hanging out for a while, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I can feel all that. Um, so I definitely think we're we're better than where we were with those first two. 
Um, I, again, I don't think we're quite as high as Mutant X 1 to 3 at 364, but I think we might be edging into the lower 300s here. I think this is... Okay, this is a this is a good comparison. Mm-hmm. Extreme X-Men Volume 2, 1 through 3, a book that is just Exiles. Yeah, um, I think I like this better. I think I like this better than that, too. I think I like it better than the start of Generation Hope. Uh, I like it better than Mutant X, but I know we have some disagreement on Mutant X. Mutant X is much higher than I would like it. Well, let me let me hear uh, this out. How high would you go? I'm looking. I don't... I can't put this above 359, which is Uncanny X-Men Bishop's Crossing. And I understand why you can't do that. I just think it's not as good. Let's put it right below it then. I think it's better than that weird Marjorie Lou X-23 arc, the Songs of the Orphan Child. All right. I like that. Uh, so Let's that's put gonna, it there. That's going to be at 360. Uh, a real interesting episode all about King Hyperion. You know, you know about the famous X-Men character, Hyperion. <laughs> uh, that's what everyone wants, is, a, is an episode all about Hyperion in their X-Men contact. <laughs> they want fake Superman. Uh, luckily, for people who don't want fake Superman, uh, next week we have uh, X-Men teaming up. It's just X-Men teaming up with other X-Men. Uh, but you got that to look forward to. Adam, until next week, what do you got going on? Um, you guys can always follow me at Arthur Stacy and uh, make sure to check out all the cool stuff going on at Comics XF. Absolutely. Want to thank Greg Packnett again for supporting the show. Uh, it's on the Patreon. Go check it out if you want or don't. Again, we're doing the soft sell today, not the hard sell. Uh, but until next week when we team up to take uh, on more comics, I don't know what we team up <laughs> to take on. Stories. It's stories. That's what they are. Uh, but until then, this has been Bally Adam. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!